This is the Zach Ansbury Show. Welcome. Today's podcast clip comes from an interview with Julian Major from Visit Victoria. Then moving from out of the university sector completely. And um, so you, you moved to GFK, which is, yeah. which is a global company, right? But they have their Adelaide headquarters in Melbourne. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're a global um, company, German-based um, company. Do yeah. not ask me what GFK stands for because it is like um, a 20-letter um, word in German with the accent. And yeah. I, could never, um, I could never fully um, get it uh, right. But, yeah. Um, that, that's why you were let go a few years later? Yeah, there's a test every year um, <laughs> and didn't make a lot of improvement. Um, and they have their Australian offices in um, Melbourne and Sydney um, with the main Australian office in Sydney. So okay. um, it was a very small um, Melbourne um, office. Um, I'm not even sure how long the Melbourne office would have been in place before um, I arrived, but um, would maybe have been about eight to ten people over the three and a half years that I was there, whereas the Sydney office was, um, yeah, much, much bigger and had um, a lot of different um, components to it um, as, a, um, as a business. So um, we were on the, um, I suppose, sort of um, consumer research um, side of things, ad tracking, brand, brand tracking, custom projects, um, you know, traditional market research, whereas GFK also had another arm around point of sales tracking for consumer um, electronics. So they sort of, you know, work as, um, you know, um, an aggregator in the same way that I suppose Nielsen will do it in other categories um, around the world. So it was a really interesting company to join because it's, it's, a, it's definitely a, a global company, but you're in a small Melbourne office, but you're also attached to an organisation that does a lot of different things um, in um, Australia. So, yeah, learnt um, a lot out of that. Yeah, so you started off as a yeah research executive, got promoted to senior research executive pretty quickly, then got promoted to research manager pretty quickly, then you're a research director pretty quickly, all of that in the space of, uh, I think, roughly three years. Yeah, I mean, I think what's good about being in an agency environment, and I've obviously only experienced it at a research agency, but it's probably true um, of ad agencies or media agencies or, you know, digital specialist um, agencies, you get opportunities um, very uh, quickly to okay. um, progress. Um, and, you know, in some ways often you do get thrown um, in the um, deep end with the right amount of um, support. And if you do a good job in stretching your skills and being given more responsibility, everyone's um, happy. And often in an agency environment, you know, you are rewarded quite quickly for doing things because you can really show the tangible impact that you're having um, on that um, business, particularly when you're involved in, you know, quite a small um, agency where, you know, you know, in the Melbourne office, everyone is broadly aware of what everyone is working on, even if you're not on the same accounts, you know, we all understand how the, um, you know, how the revenue is going for the year, you know, how our existing clients, um, whether they're um, happy or not, whether we're winning new um, business. So I think that's really, you know, why you can do something like that um, in an agency environment. It's really fast paced. You're given a lot of responsibility um, early. And if you, you grab that, you're sort of um, rewarded for it. 
Yeah, well, good on you for grabbing it and, and, and running with it. Um, so, because I, I have not worked for an agency, right? And maybe people who are listening to this podcast are either in an academic world or haven't worked for a research agency in particular. Did you want to explain each of the roles, what they meant for you in a daily environment, um, how you managed to, to succeed so well to get to the next one and then the mm-hmm. new responsibilities, if that kind of makes sense? So moving from research executive what your day would be like, responsibilities, how you obviously did very well at it, got promoted, and then skip. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you come in as a research executive, which is, you know, really saying that you're, a you know, someone that um, is a sort of a doer. So, um, yeah. you, you know, a research executive's role in a research agency will be um, sort of a lot of the um, early start of a um, job it might be you know updating a lot of um, charts it might be editing or proofing um, questionnaires or proofing uh, proposal um, documents um, but that's sort of your you know line of responsibility um, you know you know having a certain um, you know really specific role to play in larger projects and it's usually you know, those tasks like, you know, updating, you know, lengthy, um, you know, uh, reports or running um, data requests and that sort of stuff. And, mm. you know, I won't necessarily go through the, what is a senior research executive or manager and um, director because it is a little bit subjective and I suppose those terms um, in a way um, aren't necessarily equivalent across every research agency in the world or, you know, certain mm. things directed can often mean quite a different thing um, in ad agency world than it means in, you know, certain um, research agencies. Um, Terminology of job titles is in a little bit of a messy um, space at the moment. Maybe 40 years ago it was a little bit um, simpler. But basically um, you get given more responsibility um, over time. So as a research executive, you might not even be invited along to client um, presentations or you might be invited along just because you've run a lot of data. And so if there's a tricky question that um, the account lead doesn't know the answer to, they can sort of um, throw to you, but you're sort of just there to um, observe or support if really needed. Whereas, you know, a senior research um, executive might um, play a bigger role with um, report writing. They might also be um, brought along to more um, presentations where they're given, you know, opportunities to um, speak. Yeah. Um, you know, the move to a manager, I would say, is quite um, significant because often that means you're charged with sort of the end-to-end delivery of um, a project. Um so you need to make sure that that runs smoothly. You need to, I suppose, you know, work with um, executives who are charting the report, you know, make sure that it's all um, going well from like a real project management um, perspective. And, you know, when you're at that sort of level, often you're taking the lead with, you know, talking to clients, picking up the phone, answering their questions, going to presentations, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Then when you get to sort of director level, you play a bigger role in new business development, basically. Um, and that's where I sort of got to um, my final stage at GFK and I thought I had run my course really at a, a, a research um, agency environment. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you made the most of it where you had increasing levels of responsibility and then the tasks obviously changed. And I think that 
probably meant it was more stimulating for you and you know yeah i think growing uh would hate to work at a place where you stopped growing and developing. So uh, this yeah. place is very challenging every day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Imagine- and I, yeah, I love, I, what I loved about that role, you know, particularly in that sort of manager type um, level, you know, is being in those interesting conversations directly with the uh, client, hearing the yeah. challenges that they have, hearing why they want to use that research. Again, answering some really tricky questions um, that they, that they may have. I like that, you know, intellectual, um, challenge, and I think people in research roles are so lucky to have that as a um, job, where it's you know about learning and answering questions um, every day, um, and it's you know not monotonous. Whereas you know you can only be a research executive and update a lot of charts so many um, times. Yeah. Oh, do you remember any like particular curly questions that you got thrown, and one that you had maybe an awesome answer for, or one that you were just like, oh, oh I'd probably. Um, don't have to name clients, obviously. No, I'd probably have. Um, oh gosh, um, I, I think you know. Sometimes there are just questions that are um, so big that a you know a research agency can't necessarily um, answer them. And I think that's also a skill to say, you know, to know when to try and attempt to answer a question versus when to say, you know what. I don't know, or this is, you know, too big of a question or what you're asking is something that the advertising industry has been struggling with for um, decades and I'm, you know, not going to get into um, that. <laughs> so I think that's a skill as well. Um, I think, um, I mean, that's always a, a quote that I remember from the Institute as well. Um, it was like one of those rules. I think it's from yeah. the Institute. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like, don't argue back unless you really know what the answer is or you know what you're talking about. And I think, um, so I can't remember a specific one that really stumped me, but I remember there are times when, you know, when you're getting questions on the spot, that's what you're thinking of, you know, do I try and get an answer? Do I argue back if they're really challenging um, me? Or do you say, you know what, I don't know, because sometimes that's the, the right answer. I think that, yeah, that's a huge, huge point. Yeah, the, you're thinking of the um, 13 golden rules of presenting. Yes. Yeah. I just um, gave that to a bunch of uh, about 10, 10, the new summer vacation. uh, We're calling them scientists now, summer vacation scientists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So gave them to them. They have to give five presentations over the course of six weeks. Um, And so, yeah, we gave them that. So it's really, it's really interesting that, you know, eight years later, they still Mm. stick with you. I'm going to tell them. That one I definitely remember. I'm not sure. Is the the don't start with an apology one of those or is that the first one? Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. I feel sometimes you do have to. So if you're really late to a meeting and (laughs) you're like, and, you know, you're taking the piss with how late you are and, you know, but you've got to do it quickly. You've got to say, all right, sorry, I'm like, bang, cut into it. Straight into it. Yeah. Otherwise, I think that's a bad habit that people have in general, apologising for things. Yeah. Australians are too polite sometimes, I think, yeah. You're probably only out more polited by the, the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's their, um, I don't know how you would like, yeah. cliche. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we say sorry when we're not sorry. We just say it as a thing to say. It's just become part of our it's, it's things a, that we it's do. It's a full stop now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's really kind of cool. So, um Oh, I ran into someone who used to work with you. She was a big fan. Um, she works at Mars now. Yeah, Sam uh, Hogan. No, no, Sam, but she was, no. uh, uh, I think, probably slightly older than Sam and Brunette. 
Um, Mars. Oh, um, yeah. Um, uh, why am I blanking on a... I've only met her that? once. <laughs> so I'm sure it'll come to you. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah she yeah. obviously doesn't work at GFK either. But similar to you, she had nothing but good things to say about them. Um, and yeah. I think what's really interesting is GFK picked up, I think after you, they picked up one. Yes. Uh, they picked up John and Taylor at some point as well, right? Just Taylor, not John. Just, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was, yeah. It, was that just the three or? That was the three. So, so um, Taylor, Taylor ruined it for everyone else afterwards. <laughs> I left <laughs> slightly after Taylor um, arrives, um, actually. Um, and, yeah, I don't think they've made any Aaron Bass um, hires since, but, um, you know, it, it's interesting, um, you know, Ehrenberg Bass has such a high profile. Okay. Um, I think when I came into GFK um, and interviewed, they probably saw it as a positive. We're hearing all about this Ehrenberg Bass stuff and, you know, maybe a couple of clients have mentioned it and, you know, they see it as, you know, positive to bring someone with a different lens of, of thinking. Um, and I think in, in general, um, you know, the Institute just creates really good researchers. It attracts people with, you know, a certain um, work ethic and willingness um, to learn. So, um, yeah, one was great to uh, work with um, at GFK when we were um, both there. And briefly at GFK, the CEO of the Australian office was um, an Ehrenberg Bass. I'm not even sure if it was called Ehrenberg Bass then, but an, an alumni um, as well. Right. So. Catherine Eddy was um, yeah 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 um, yeah quite a long time ago attached to UniSA and um, the institute. So um, it was great to you know learn a couple of things from her as well. Yeah, it was um, marketing science centre before that. Mm. Hen hence the uh, marketing science info website. Hence the yeah. marketing science titles. Um, yeah, yeah it, it all flows. Uh, I like to take credit. I, well, I created the summer vacation scientist title, but I like to take credit for creating um, SMS as well, like senior marketing scientist. Right. Um, it was senior research associate. Then it was senior research senior marketing researcher. Mm. There was about six months where it changed a couple of times and I'm like, no, nah, everything needs to be tied into marketing science because we're marketingscience.info and, yeah. and it's stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, job titles are um, important. You know, they should reflect what you do and, you know, how you want to be perceived. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, I like to take credit for it. Someone else will probably argue that they made it up, but who yeah, knows? Well, <laughs> Hey guys, it's Zach Ainsbury here with just a couple of quick reminders. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, then make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. There are plenty more interviews to come with some of the world's leading marketing academics and practitioners. You do not want to miss these. In the meantime, if you're looking for another way to connect, then follow me on Twitter at Zach Ainsbury. That is Z-A-C-A-N-E-S-B-U-R-Y for my take on the marketing issues of the day.